Hello and welcome to SNW The Pulse podcast. I'm Cherry Reynard and with me today is Daniel Casali, Chief Investment Strategist at Smith & Williamson. Today we'll be taking stock of 2021 and looking forward to the year ahead. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Cherry. Um, let's start by reflecting on 2021. Uh, what were the highlights and lowlights? Well, last year was undoubtedly a story of big numbers, new records. So over 7 billion COVID-19 vaccine, vaccines were administered worldwide, and that helped life return to a semblance of normality. Moreover, policymakers added a further $9 trillion in stimulus, and that's uh, via quantitative easing to central bank balance sheet expansion and also fiscal policy. And they added that to the global economy. This came after $20 trillion in 2020. This helped global real GDP rise by 5.9%, and that's the fastest growth rate in over 40 years. Economic recovery drove optimism back into stocks and property. Last year, the market value of all global stocks rose by $13 trillion to reach $94 trillion, or 100% of global GDP for the first time. In real estate, for example, the Dallas Fed latest measure of global real house prices rose by a record 8% in the third quarter from a year ago. Higher asset prices helped to lift U.S. aggregate net household worth to an all-time high of eight times uh, annual take-home pay. Staggeringly, Elon Musk gained more wealth in 2021 from soaring Tesla shares than Warren Buffett did during his lifetime. That's an extraordinary stat. Um, but inflation has been an unwelcome accompaniment to recovery. So, so what's happened there? Yes, I mean, economic recovery has also seen inflation return to the headlines, and that's been pushed upwards by this accommodative policy still, and also the pent-up demand at a time when global supply chains uh, issues have not been resolved, and also labour markets become stretched. Uh, consumer price inflation, it hit multi-decade highs in the US and Eurozone, uh, plus, plus it's the highest level since 2011 in the UK. Nevertheless, global equity still gained an impressive 20% or so in sterling terms. In real terms, though, if we look at US 10-year Treasury bonds, they fell around 10%, and that's their sixth worst performance in a century. And assuming there's going to be a slightly tougher business environment in 2022, um, do you think equities can kind of tough it out? Well, the short answer is yes. We remain constructive on equities uh, for 2022 for three reasons. First, the global economy is in a favourable part of the business cycle for equities to rally. Our proprietary business uh, activity indicator, and this uses macro market data, it suggests that the global economy is somewhere between the expansion and the late cycle. Or simply put, it's in mid-cycle. And if we look back over the past 35 years, we find that global equities tend to rise by an annualised rate of about 21% in an expansion phase, or 9% in late uh, cycle, uh, but that compares to 12% contraction during a cycle contraction where we're not heading towards. Second, households and businesses are in decent financial shape to drive the global economy. So we've seen improving labour markets helping to lift consumption, while strong demand has meant that companies have been able to raise profit margins by passing on higher wage and energy input costs to end users. And then finally, third, Restocking from record low levels should boost factory output and support new capital investment to drive the business cycle. Um, but should, should investors be prepared for a, a little more volatility, do you think? Oh, oh certainly. Uh, there are headwinds that could cause this market volatility. These include the potential for GDP to disappoint on the downside, and that could come from higher inflation risks. Uh, to consumer so-called demand destruction, where costs become too high, consumers spend less. 
Uh, and also, if fails, firms fail to restock significantly, that's also a risk to growth. Also, investors may become increasingly reluctant to pay demanding valuations for the mega cap stocks. These are the big caps like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google, uh, Tesla, and Meta Platforms, which was formerly Facebook. Uh, and also reduce positions at a time when market leadership is narrowly focused on a few names. Finally, economic overheating leads to higher rates that uh, brings forward the contraction phase of the business cycle. Uh, though that seems a low probability, uh, we find that uh, Deutsche Bank, they looked at the last 13 different Fed hiking cycles since 1955, and it takes on average about three and a half years before higher rates tip the US economy into a contraction. So looking at those three factors, on balance, we see that the fundamental tailwind of above average global GDP growth and uh, it's predicted by the IMF to be 4.9% this year, supported by expectations of continued reopening, uh, they should mitigate some of these headwinds to drive up equities. And where are you seeing, you know, the main opportunities in equity markets today? Well, we see a broadening out uh, to the rest of the US equity market from the mega caps, and that's really supported by a uh, catch-up in company earnings, cheaper valuations, and also lower sensitivity to interest rates. Uh, looking at these past interest rate hiking cycles, we see that this has tended to favour the more value-orientated sectors like uh, industrials, materials and energy, uh, whereas the this environment that we're seeing at the moment tends to be more challenging for the mega caps. Uh, we also see room for Eurozone stocks to perform. Uh, that's thanks to elevated profit margins, the strong operational leverage and its position as a key beneficiary of the restocking theme from an unwind of supply chain bottlenecks. And you've previously been positive on the UK, but there have been sort of slightly weaker signs coming out, notably in the GDP figures. Uh, you've also got inflation looming as well. Um, what's your view on that today? Well, the UK has been the best performing market out of the major regions so far this year. Uh, but if we want to look specifically at our UK domestic theme, it does look vulnerable to recent uh, government COVID restrictions, and that's due to the recent outbreak of the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Uh, if booster shots of existing vaccines uh, can provide protection against new variants, as current evidence suggests, uh, the economy could continue to expand, and that's driving that would drive uh, equity returns for investors. Assuming government measures are not long-lasting and do not damage confidence, pent-up saving and the surprisingly robust job market should add a layer of support for UK-focused stocks. Okay, and, and then finally, what's the situation in Asia? Well, emerging Asia and Japan underperformed the market in uh, 2021. This is from a triple whammy of strong dollar, supply chain disruption affecting the manufacturing there, and also tightening credit in China. However, what we have seen is Beijing has now started to provide policy support by making more cash available for banks to lend and provided the dollar weakens as other central banks like the Bank of England recently uh, as they start to raise interest rates there is potential for Asia to catch up with other markets from uh, current low valuations. Great okay thank you Daniel for those insights today and thank you to our listeners for tuning in all references and links spoken about in this episode could be found in the episode show notes and please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so already and rate us and review us in the app store until next time this snw the pulse podcast is of a general nature and is not a substitute for professional advice no responsibility can be accepted for the consequences of any action taken or refrained from as a result of what is said the views expressed are not necessarily those of the presenter or of smith and williamson or any of its affiliates 
No reproduction of this podcast may be made in whole or in part for professional or recreational purposes. No action should be taken based on this podcast. We accept no liability if we change your views on any of the subjects mentioned. Smith & Williamson Investment Management LLP, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, registered number 580531. Copyright Tilney Smith & Williamson Limited.